Hi, this is Mike Adams. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world. Informing America's farmers and ranchers, this is AOA, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to AOA from the Farm Progress Show in Decatur, Illinois, the third and final day of this year's show. I'm broadcasting again from the Syngenta Tent, another beautiful day. The weather's just been ideal for this year's show. We're going to talk about how it's gone so far and also look ahead to Husker Harvest Days coming up a little bit later this month as we'll talk with Matt Youngman, National Events Manager for Farm Progress. Also joining us today will be the president of the Illinois Farm Bureau. Rich Giebert will talk some ag issues. And there's been a big uh, promotion here of biofuels. And we're going to talk with Robert White with the Renewable Fuels Association a little bit later on. All that coming up on today's program. But let's start it off with Matt Youngman, who um, is got that relieved and relaxed look because it, it's it's wrap-up day. It's a it's a quieter, easier pace. The crowd is always a little lighter. So let's review a little bit, Matt. First of all, yesterday, day number two, a very good crowd. A very good crowd. Wednesday is always our biggest day, and and you know you, I was impressed with it from from a number of, of uh, from a number of standpoints. We we expected that our international numbers would be down, and that's that's proven out that our you know we didn't have nearly the international folks that we thought that that, that would normally come to a farm progress show. The thing, the thing that I was, I think, one of the things I was most impressed with is the the number of FFA groups that still made the trip. I thought between, yeah. you know, having to wear a mask in a bus and being able to get somebody to drive a bus and and just all of the things that are involved in getting a, getting kids to school, let alone get them on a field trip to come out to a farm progress show. We had a lot of a lot of kids here yesterday, which is good for the speaks well for the future of agriculture, but. You know, going back to your initial question, Wednesday's always the big day, and it, it did not disappoint. It was a big day. Parking lots were full. <laughs> Field demos were huge. Everything was great. <coughs> and you had a big concert last night. How we, did that go? We did. That was a lot of fun. Great partnership with Case IH. You know, they signed a, an agreement with Lee Bryce. You know, he played his new song, Farmer, for the first time live and in person last night. They had cameras there. Maybe they... Uh, even recorded the music video for that song last night, mm. for, and so some of these, some of the folks at the show might be in a, in a music video here coming up. And it was, the crowd was big, and it was fun, and it was beautiful, and and the the sun was setting off to his off to his left, and it was just it was just this beautiful picture that you envision when you start having a conversation about something that that impressive coming together. Okay, let's look at the uh, field demos. How did they go yesterday? They went great. We always we always station the Wednesday demos as close to the show site as possible. We save that corn close to the show site because we can't possibly tram that many people out. So folks are able to walk out there. And sure enough, you know there was we have a quarter mo- quarter long quarter mile long rope that we separate the crowd from the field activity. And there was they were seven and eight deep. Hmm across that entire quarter mile and we've really upgraded the sound system out there so that the the sound the the descriptions that max armstrong records of the of the of the equipment that's running it it projects across that quarter mile so you know it it was it was just a just a wonderful day yesterday something we can be really proud about I, i i apologize for the cough because my between the the dust and the concert singing along and a dozen radio interviews my throat has just about had it is uh, host farmer David Bricks happy with the uh, the yields? Yes, he's very satisfied. You know, you're, you're nobody purposely plants 87 day corn in Macon County, <laughs> Illinois. You're not that. That's not something you, they they'd check you in for some some further evaluation if you started planting that corn here. But uh, for 87 day corn in Central Illinois, you know, if we're pushing uh, pushing 200 bushels, that's just fantastic. But the thing about it is. The corn started the week at 22%. It's ending the week at 17%. It's dry, you know it's dried down, and uh, it all the math worked out perfectly so that that corn was was just right. You know, the exhibitors, the combine operators are saying, "Geez, you know, for 87 day corn, that's really not bad." And I was out going through the fields too, and, and saw a number of uh, uh, tiling demonstrations going on as well. Yep, the Illinois Land Improvement Contractors Association is finishing up that. I think it's been like a five-show project that we've we've pattern tiled that entire three, uh, 360 up there, the north half of this section, with the exception of it's 320 because it's there's 40 out of it. But uh, that that completed that. 
So in future shows now, we're going to go to work on, there's another 120 east of the show site that's not been tiled yet. So that's what we're going to be working on going forward. So you're already thinking about future shows, yeah. aren't you? Actually, this morning has been filled, when I'm not doing a radio interview or TV, <laughs> I'm having conversations, you know, like uh, Brant the, the, that makes, out of Canada, that makes the Blue Augers. They, they stepped up this year to an eight-lot end cap, and they loved it, and we were we're already scribbling on the 2018 Boone map, you know, showing them what what options there might be, and it's always good. It's good to have companies like that stepping forward, because at the same time, you know, you lose an end cap when Corteva and Pioneer finally get get put all the way or put all the way together, and you you lose an end cap when Bear moves into the DeKalb, Asgrow, and Channel footprints, and so you know that that flex that flex is ongoing and without having a show there since 2018 the two the difference between the 2018 boon map and the 2022 boon map is going to be drastic right you know i was thinking of coming into the show and you and i had talked a lot about it leading up to it we knew there was going to be some pent-up demand from not having the show last year and what we've gone through with covid but yet there was lingering covid questions and you don't know coming out of that and what we're dealing with. So there was a bit of an unknown, right, coming into this show. Yeah, I mean, you can say there's two ways to look at it. You can say, well, nobody's been out of their house in 18 months, and everybody's tired of their houses and their spouses, and they want to get the heck out and go do things, and so the crowd ought to be huge. Then you can also say, well, the weatherman forecast rain for Tuesday. The governor put in a mask mandate literally days before the show. You know, there's, there's just it, it's just been this this 18 months of uncertainty of, of, of what are we supposed to do and how's this supposed to look and how's everybody going to react and, and I, I can I can say I'm pleasantly surprised with the crowd I'm thrilled with the way that the crowd has you know complied with the things that they needed to do in terms of wearing a mask here and there where you had to and and just the I've seen a, something on social media that, that said said the world is understaffed be kind to those who showed up you know so you know that's the same for us. The parking lots were understaffed. The admissions were understaffed. And, but everybody was still kind, and everybody was in a good mood still at the end of the day. And there were also questions about hotels, restaurants, things like that in the area. Again, getting back to that lack of staffing. Yeah, yeah. So there were those questions. How's that gone? Well, you, you know, I, I, and that's another thing that I was concerned about coming into this. Uh, there were a lot of things I was concerned about coming into this, let alone putting on the event. Just the all the, the, the nightmare scenarios you can think of where it goes wrong, where somebody has terrible service at the hotel, terrible service at a restaurant, and they just come into the show mad <laughs> on the way in. And, you know, when they come in mad on the way in, uh, it, it's hard to turn their day around, and it just kind of goes downhill from there. But, you know, everybody got through it, and, and, and everybody's just generally shown a lot of grace in some of these scenarios where it's it takes a little extra effort, it takes a little extra time to get done what used to be a lot easier. Well, it's gone very, very well, and today it's a, a beautiful day, and uh, even though it's a lighter crowd, it's a great day to come to the show because you can get around so easily. Yeah. So we'll talk more about it uh, in a few minutes with Matt Youngman, National Events Manager for Farm Progress, and start looking ahead because in a few days we'll be in Grand Island, Nebraska for Husker Harvest Days. We'll get a preview of that coming up as well. Stay with us. It's day three of the Farm Progress Show, Decatur, Illinois. We're broadcasting from the Syngenta Tent. You're listening to AOA. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Don't go away. More Adams on Agriculture coming right up. Progressive Farmer knows you need content delivered on multiple platforms, so it's available when you want it. That's why we've created our weekly podcast, Field Posts, to bring you convenient and easy to listen to interviews on key topics and trends. Join me, Sarah Mock, as I interview some of agriculture's best thoughts. You'll have a front row seat to learn what's happening in agriculture today. You can view our library of podcasts and upcoming topics by going to dtnpf.com backslash field posts. Choose the proven performance of the Roundup Ready Extend crop system, featuring high-yielding Extend Flex soybeans and the exceptional weed control of Extend-to-Max herbicide with vapor grip technology. Elite genetics, triple herbicide tolerance, flexibility that delivers results, backed by 25 years of innovation. That's the Roundup Ready Extend crop system. 
the system of choice. Extendamax is a restricted-use pesticide. Always follow stewardship practices, all pesticide label directions, and check with your state pesticide regulatory agency for specific restrictions in your state. Anyone can sell you soybean seed. Channel Seedsman place products to perform. With Channel ExtendFlex soybeans and Channel Roundup Ready to Extend soybeans, you'll get the excellent weed control you want and the high-yield potential you need. Make the most of the next season with the Roundup Ready Extend crop system and expert recommendations from Channel Seedsman. Ask a seedsman in your area for recommendations for your fields. Check with your state pesticide regulatory agency for specific restrictions in your state. Always read and follow grain marketing and all their stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. On-road or off-road, you'll find the FS lubricant you need from our full line of premium quality products. At FS, our lubricants use the highest quality base oils and latest additive technology to meet and exceed most manufacturer specifications. Advanced protection against wear ensures you'll get maximum value from both your lubricant and equipment investments. Squeeze every bit of performance out of every piece of equipment you own. Let the FS Energy Specialists help you go further. Go further with FS. Visit GoFurtherWithFS.com for more information. Vision loss is not something that you feel until it happens. Most people lose their vision from diseases like macular degeneration and glaucoma, not at birth. With macular degeneration, you lose your central vision. You have a blind spot right in the center of your face, so I can't actually see your face. So even that little circle in which I could see became a big blur. I was 65 when I first was diagnosed with glaucoma. There were no symptoms. I had no headaches. Three million Americans have glaucoma, and half don't even know it. 11 million people in the United States have macular degeneration. You lose mobility, independence, changes your entire life. So many eye disorders can be treated if caught early. My husband tells me that I have beautiful brown eyes, and I don't want to lose that. Make a plan today to get your eyes checked. Visit brightfocus.org to learn more. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You can rely on us for the latest farm and ranch news from around the world. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know on AOA. Now, back to Mike Adams. And welcome back. We're at the Farm Progress Show, day number three here in Decatur, Illinois, broadcasting from the Syngenta tent. We've talked with a lot of folks from uh, Syngenta and uh, their various uh, branches, and there's so much going on right now in agriculture with digital tools and software becoming a bigger and bigger part of uh, the farming operation. We're going to talk about that with Brad Allen, AgriEdge Specialist with Syngenta. Good to see you, Brad. Good morning. Let's talk a little bit about AgriEdge. Uh, tell us about it. Sure. So uh, AgriEdge is a whole farm management program, powering our growers to make faster data-driven decisions here on the farm. Um, we, we bring in the technology piece, the agronomics, economics, and all those functions into one, uh, mainly driving agronomics to economics. Here, here's the question. Uh, with all this technology and all the things that you can do, but the bottom line is how do farmers make that work for them? How does it uh, help improve their profit? Sure. So uh, with AgriEdge, we, we have five uh, elements to it, the agronomics, service, stewardship, economics, and technology. Um, the biggest piece there for me is the agronomics and really using the LandDB farm management software. Basically from start to finish of their operation, even past uh, into um, screen storage and marketing, um, really helping to take all that and put it together and make better decisions and um, as far as what's the maximum ROI that they can get on their farm, even down to the field level. So it's really another management tool then, Absolutely, right? Absolutely, yes, sir. So um, we integrate with lots of different uh, OEMs out there. We can pull data down. We can manually put it in. But really, it's, again, focusing in on that, on the knowing your numbers on the farm, on your field, and, and making sure what's bringing the best decisions and best ROI to you. Well, there are a lot of... Uh a lot of people out in this in this marketplace uh, talking about these kind of things, offering these kinds of services. So when a farmer is trying to make a decision, uh, what separates AgriEdge from the others? Sure. So uh, the the great part about that is it's uh, of course uh, offered from Syngenta, and so we bring in lots of great products. So whether it's seed, seed care, crop protection, uh, we all have all that together along with our digital tools. So you've uh, you've got over forty. 
agri-age specialist out in the in the U.S. here. Um, we are that service and that support and really set apart that piece of it. And, uh, and we really do drive into that decision management portion of ag. And this is constantly evolving, isn't it? Oh, right? absolutely. There's always new technology. Um, you know, Land EV's been around for a while. We're going to be, uh, you know, bringing forward always new technology. Uh, we just celebrated 20 years as far as AgriEdge goes, so that's awesome. Um, and where it's an ever-evolving uh, uh, role in, in progress. And I think that's an import, important point because you've been around a while. You're not just starting up and, and just jumping into this. You've been around a while. Yes, sir. So I... Uh, me personally, I've been doing this for seven years myself. Uh, my predecessor was in it for 14. So we uh, we definitely have been around for a while, proven, trusted. Uh, I've got those agronomic and uh, and and uh, digital advisors out there really supporting it. I'm sure you talk with farmers that are just kind of they're kind of wondering. They they've heard about it. Uh, they've talked to somebody else that's doing it, but they're they've still got questions and are kind of cautious. Sure, absolutely. So uh, you know, we, we do have our generational gaps here, in which uh, which group's going to come in and, mm -hmm. and really pick it up. Um, you've got the folks coming right out of college and coming on the farm, and they're trying to prove their ROI. So they of course snatch onto this as far as uh, the digital tools and technology. And then the, you know, and in my other end of that spectrum, there guys are really wanting to know their numbers. They think they've got it on a spreadsheet. They got it on a piece paper maybe but really not honed in where you can see it and start doing some crop planning and look where we're at so so where can they learn more about AgriEdge? go to agridge.com or syngenta.com we'd love to talk to them about it great thanks brad thank you so much all right that's brad allen AgriEdge specialist with syngenta all right as we continue here at the farm progress show from the syngenta tent talking with matt youngman national events manager for farm progress Matt, we mentioned uh, this is the final day and it's a lighter crowd and it's easier to get around for those that are coming here. Um, what happens here when this show is done today? How does it, how do, I know it's different than the old teardown days in the old days, yep. but uh, how, is, how does it work? Back when I took, back when I started, the first time I ever did this, we were talking about this off the air, in 1995, my first show, um, we were younger then, obviously, <laughs> and, and it, at, at five o'clock, the show used to close at five o'clock on Thursday, it was apparently the tradition that the show manager would climb up on top of the show office trailer with a lawn chair and some beer, and you would just sit there and you'd watch this chaos disappear. And, but you can't do that kind of thing anymore, so we, we do it a little bit differently, and we've actually fine-tuned it. Fortunately, with these, these permanent sites, we, we, have, we have sort of installed a system that allows this to be not just absolute chaos. So... Um, you know, to uh, get a little look behind the curtain, what we do is at 4 o'clock we go to work on trying to safely get all the, the visitors out of the site. We'll start kind of with, with announcements, pushing them to their cars at 4, because at 4 o'clock this turns back into a construction site. And we, we, we don't allow any inbound traffic, meaning semis and, and trucks and, and those kind of things, at the beginning. At the beginning, from 4 o'clock to about 4.30, it is all out. It's just blow everything out. Blow things away from the show site because, you know, deer will do a parade of all their equipment. They'll fire it all at 4 o'clock, and that's probably the best show on the grounds is watching a, a parade of everything sitting on the deer lot and a parade of everything sitting on the case lot, and it's just this big parade. So we do that for a half hour, and what that does is it gives us a little breathing room inside the grounds. If we blow all that stuff out and you know, some of these smaller exhibitors are just basically a guy in a lawn chair and a tent and his widget in his trailer and his pickup that he brought in this morning. He'll get that loaded up and his lot will just disappear in that first 30 minutes. And then once it blows out for a while, for about 30 minutes, when we decide that it looks like it's safe, we start metering inbound um, semis and trucks and, and the things it takes to clean it up. And by the time we get to dark tonight, this place will be half empty. Wow. I was just thinking, my first show was 1976, <laughs> <laughs> Greenfield, Indiana, so back when Indiana was in the rotation, and I remember the big talk was always, once you got everybody off the exhibit field, you know, getting that field, it was a field. It was a field. And they had to come in and deep rip it and, yep. uh, and go over it and over it and get it back to where they could plant it the next year. Yeah, and I was in on, on a lot of that, and I mean, you were just... You're trying to you're you're kicking the tent companies out and you're pushing the landscapers to get done just so that you can you could so that you could roll those rippers before it got to frost yeah, yeah. because we would be there uh, you know I remember that that especially 1998 in Tipton Indiana I was ripping right up until it was time for me to go home to my family Christmas you know and then yeah. I pack up all the stuff and get it get it out of there and you take a little bit of a long Christmas break and then 
and then you're you're in Amana, Iowa, move the office trailer in, and you and of know, course the show was a month later back then. That's exactly right. I mean, you were you were September, you were the third week of September, fourth week of September, maybe into October, even mm -hmm. a little bit sometimes, and and you know that was a tight window to get this thing get this thing cleaned up because you had a commitment to the host farmer that that he's going to be able to grow corn on this again next yeah. year, and and you know you hear horror stories still there. You know I know for a fact that a couple of farms that they're still. They're still pulling up phone line with their field cultivator wow. when they're when they're yeah. out there. A lot has changed, that's for sure. Well, we'll look ahead. September 14th, 15th, and 16th will be in Grand Island, Nebraska, for Husker Harvest Days. How are things looking there? It looks it looks fantastic. I got a text earlier this week from Jason Libby, the host farmer, and the corn is the corn is perfect. And you know, uh, versus 87 day corn here in Decatur, they grow 99 day corn in Grand Island to get it ready for the show. Uh, and and you know, 200 and 20 bushel corn is not out of the question for 99 day corn in central Nebraska and they can turn their rain on and off so as long as they don't get a big wind or a big hail you can always count on everything being right they get good heat out there good sunlight hours so um, it, it, it's, it's coming together real well if you know if if people haven't been to Husker Harvest Days and you have any, you have anything to do with beef or you have anything to do with uh, with uh, pivot irrigation you need to put Husker on your on your bucket list because you know all my friends and family that I've talked into coming out there they just love it they love the farm progress show because it's their home show but given the choice if if they're not in the field they'll be at Husker Harvest Days can you take this weather can we take it by with golly, this I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take the same suitcase <laughs> I, I hope I can I mean you know I that's a lot to ask but there is a little something like I think back to rough years like 2014 was a rough year it was a rough year in Boone and two weeks later, it was a it was bad in Grand Island. It was the only time we'd ever had to cancel a day of the show was in was in 2014, which actually began the process of that big renovation that we did to the site. Mm -hmm. The 14-year was the one that kicked that off, and so um, that facility is unbelievable. Have you seen it since we did the the renovation out no. there in, in 18? You're not going to recognize the place. Yeah. Remember the bridges? Yes, yeah. bridges are gone. Storm sewer drainage, brand new restrooms, security fence. I mean, the parking lots are all gravel lanes, and, and you're, you're going to love it. You, I'm, I'm glad that you're going to get to see that. And plus, you guarantee the weather's going to be this yeah, good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you count on it. Yeah, put it in the book. <laughs> we, we've gone through some weather shows, haven't we? We have. You've yeah. seen me look a lot more stressed than this. A lot more stressed. <laughs> I, I like seeing you this relaxed. All right, Matt, see you in Grand Island. Very good. Thanks, right. Mike. Matt Youngman, National Events Manager for Farm Progress. All right. It is day number three at the Farm Progress Show in Decatur, Illinois, broadcasting from the Syngenta Tent. Coming up, we're going to talk with Rich Gieber, president of the Illinois Farm Bureau, and Robert White with Renewable Fuels Association. More folks from Syngenta as well. Busy day on this third and final day of the Farm Progress Show. Stay with us. You're listening to AOA. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Don't go away. More Adams on Agriculture coming right up. When you choose the Roundup Ready Extend crop system, you're putting proven yield advantage to work in your fields. Extend Flex soybeans offer elite genetics built on the proven performance of Roundup Ready to Extend soybeans. In fact, farmers saw a four bushel per acre advantage and a 70% average win rate over Enlist E3 soybeans in 2020 germplasm trials. The Roundup Ready Extend crop system, the system of choice. Always follow pesticide label directions, IRM, grain marketing, and all other stewardship practices. Channel Seedsmen don't just sell soybean seed. You can trust them to understand your fields and place Channel Soybean products to perform. With the Roundup Ready Extend crop system, including triple-stacked Channel Extend Flex soybeans, you can be confident you're getting the excellent weed control you want and high-yield potential you need to make the most of the season. Find a Seedsman in your area for recommendations for your fields. Check with your state pesticide regulatory agency for specific restrictions in your state. Always read and follow grain marketing and all their stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. You're listening to AOA, I'm Kirsten Rall. The USDA announced yesterday that they will update their planted and harvested acreage. Estimates for corn and beans in the crop production report. The USDA normally adjusts its acreage estimates in its October report, but said its data was significantly complete this year to make the adjustment in September. New crop export sales during the week August 26 were stronger than expected for U.S. beans and meal. Sale volume for both exceeded the high end of the trade range by a large margin 
margin. New crop corn and wheat sales fell in the middle of that trade range. On the Board of Trade this morning, December corn trading a penny lower at 521 and three quarters. The March contract down a penny and a half at 530 and a fraction. For soybeans, the November contract down a half a cent at 1277 and three quarters. The January contract down a half cent at 1286 and a half cent. For wheat, Chicago wheat December up two cents at 716 and a half cent. Kansas City wheat September down a penny at 694 and a fraction. Minneapolis spring wheat December up a fraction at 704 and a fraction. The September contract down six and three quarters at 892 and three quarters. In cash cattle country, it's slow to start this morning following light movement in all three major feeding areas yesterday. Southern live deals started out at $124, but by the end of the day, that had backed down to $123. Asking prices this morning are around $124 plus in the south and $204 plus in the north. Looking at those live cattle futures on the Board of Trade, the October contract trading seven cents lower at $127.50. The December contract down 40 at $133.20. For feeder cattle, September down a dollar fifty at one sixty one forty. The October contract down a dollar seventy seven at one sixty six twenty seven. In lean hogs, the October contract down fifteen at ninety dollars even. The December contract up thirty two cents at eighty two eighty. You're listening to AOA. I'm Kirsten Rawl. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff. Even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover guitar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Mike Adams. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know on AOA. Now, back to Mike Adams. Welcome back. We're in the Syngenta tent, day number three of the Farm Progress Show, Decatur, Illinois. We're going to talk with the president of the Illinois Farm Bureau, Rich Gebert, in just a moment. But first, I'm going to talk it over with Phil Craig, Agronomy Service Representative with Syngenta. Good to see you again, Phil. Thanks a lot for stopping by. You know, a lot of corn and soybean growers already looking ahead to next year and um, thinking about fungicides for next year. What are you, what are you recommending? Well, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't matter uh, what your situation is. Uh, we're fortunate in that we have a fungicide that will work very well for you. We have Miravis Neo and Trivapro, uh, two of our newer fungicides uh, that uh, bring a very strong SDHI carboxamide uh, molecule into the control. Gives us a lot longer residual and uh, helps us to fight some of the diseases that are really starting to concern us uh, in corn production. We're seeing fungicide use grow, aren't we? More and more using it. We certainly are. This is probably the biggest year, 2021, on record. And what is um, uh, really capturing everybody's attention right now is we're seeing a pretty good spread of tar spot. And uh, this one here is uh, this uh, environment in 2021 has been perfect for the development of tar spot. So we're going to learn a lot this year about how to treat that uh, particular disease and how to watch out for it. Tar spot's a whole different animal than what we're used to. Every year is a learning year, isn't it? You betcha it is. You betcha it is. And I think growers that are applying fungicides, they, they obviously see the benefit. I mean... Uh, and especially in a year like this, around this area, you've got a pretty good crop in the field and at good prices. You want to you want to get maximize that yield. Yes, with the work that we have done along with universities and a lot of partners, uh, we're really seeing where management really pays big dividends. Uh, when we look at 
fungicide applications, we're always interested in the return on investment. We know that that's usually the last spend that that grower is going to have on that acre. And uh, he wants to be pretty confident that that last spend is going to uh, bring back a good return. Yeah, because there's always some point the farmer saying, okay, do I make that investment or not? And that's always a big decision for them to make. It is. It is. And, and the thing that we always, uh, as agronomists, as, as folks that work for Syngenta, uh, we spend a lot of time out in the field uh, with our retailers, with our growers, trying to help them feel confident about making that decision. Other than uh, offering disease uh, control, what else do these products offer? The, the big things that we see coming out of uh, fungicide applications are just extending that hybrid or soybean variety so it can, it can produce and it can finish out the way it is really designed to finish out and add those last bushels. Better grain fill, better water use efficiency, uh, the big thing that we'll see so often, especially in corn, is we reduce the cannibalization. By keeping those leaves nice and healthy, we uh, were able to capture that sunlight and keep that plant working. Rather than to have that plant cannibalize nutrients and so forth that are in the roots and in the plant causing lodging on corn and things like that. Yeah, the, the, the increase and the improvement is documented. It is, it, it definitely is. We've done so much work in the industry on what these fungicides have done. And, and this, this has all happened in the last 10 to 15 years, right? If we go back to the year 2000, you think about we, we, this, this science really was not part of our annual practice, you know? And this has all really come on. We've done a lot of work. Uh, farmers have seen the benefit and it's gonna grow. And where can growers learn more? Uh, I want you to go to SyngenaUS.com a couple other things uh, would be BoostYourBushels.com and uh, NotAfraidToWork.com. But uh, SyngenaUS.com is a pretty easy place All to right. find. But Phil, thanks a lot. Thank you for having us. Phil Craig, Agronomy Service Representative with Syngenta. All right, joined now by Rich Gebert, President of the Illinois Farm Bureau. Good to see you, Rich. Good to see you, Mike. You've had a busy Farm Progress show. You had AFBF President Zippy Duvall here the last couple of days. Yeah, it's been great. He's had a good time running around the fair and talking to folks and interviewing folks and seeing our members, and our members really appreciate the opportunity to uh, uh, shake hands and, and tell Zippy what's on their minds. And what has been the number one topic. Taxes, I would guess, right up there, right? Taxes is right up there. WOTUS, right up there. And, uh, you know, our members are really concerned. Uh, they want the infrastructure, what we know as infrastructure, roads, bridges, broadband expansion, you name it. But they're worried about the PAYFARs going forward. Mm -hmm. They really want to, they, a lot of farmers have had that farm passed down to them, and they want that same opportunity to pass it down to their sons and daughters or our heirs to continue the legacy, you might say. You know, the question I've been asking all through this is, yes, we know we need the infrastructure improvements. Agriculture's been calling for this for years and years, but there's a line there too, how much you're willing to go, uh, what's it gonna cost you to get it? And if some of these tax changes could be a deal breaker, right? Absolutely, and our, our, our more senior uh, uh, members are really concerned about that because they wanna pass it on to the next generation and not have to give up the farm, you might say, or sell portion of the farm just to meet that obligation. They've worked hard, so hard over the years to have what they have. So that's a huge issue for Farm Bureau. Uh, you've also done a lot of promoting here of biofuels. Absolutely, and you know, I, my hats off to uh, Congressman Davis. Yesterday had the biofuels caucus. We had a number of legislators, two from Iowa and one from Indiana, that are concerned about it, served on, on the biofuels caucus and had an opportunity to talk with farmers and industry folks how important biofuels is going forward. Knowing that renewable fuels is, is something we really are gonna have to work for and find a way forward. But you know, it's gonna take years to develop as you were talking with, with uh, Ms. Craig earlier. It takes years to develop those and you know, we've, we've come and grown accustomed to, to the internal combustion engine. It's worked fine. And I think ethanol and biodiesel provides opportunity 
to lower the emissions and to meet the CAFO standards going forward. You got some issues and challenges right here in the state of Illinois you're working on too, <laughs> right? Oh uh, yes, yeah, the, the governor's energy bill, uh, mm -hmm. we'll see where that goes. And our we have three major concerns with the energy bill. One, it provides an opportunity for private utilities to gain uh, uh, access uh, to eminent domain and to take and, and, and impact our members' property rights. Secondly, they want to close a number of coal-fired plants uh, and then the challenge with the nuclear plants. We're concerned and we have policy that, that talks about affordability and reliable electric uh, to our members, particularly as we come into a fall harvest. Yeah. Electric is really important to running our farm operations. You're pretty close to fall harvest. Uh, what's it look like in southern Illinois? Well, we're, we're pretty pleased. Uh, we're, we're looking forward to a fall harvest. You know, the price increase, where it is. As you talked earlier, uh, a number of our members have put on, applied a lot of fungicides to capture that, you know, the, the uh, last few bushels mm -hmm. that we can get at the prices that we have. We're looking to forward to a good harvest. The corn yields look really good. Those that planted soybeans before they planted corn really look good. Uh, but we had some challenges this spring, three to four weeks of wet weather that kind of kept us in the field to get the beans planted on and time. And you're looking forward to your annual meeting in December, aren't you? Absolutely. First weekend in December in Chicago at the Palmer House. Back at the Palmer, the newly remodeled Palmer House. Newly right? remodeled Palmer House. Rich, good to see you. My pleasure, Take Mike. care. Thank you. Have a safe fall. Rich Gieber, president of the Illinois Farm Bureau. And joining me now from um, Syngenta, we've talked about Syngenta Grow More Experience. Uh, we're going to talk with Jim Elliott, uh, Grow More Experience Sales Support Lead. Jim, thanks for joining us. Tell us more about Grow More. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, Mike. Um, Grow More <coughs> and our Grow More Experience sites, we've got about 82 locations across the United States. We started with about 2014, and they're integrated sites for our uh, crop protection seeds and seed care businesses and uh, they are an opportunity for us to show to our growers a lot of our new technologies providing a kind of a hands-on training experience in the field. Okay so how, how is this different from other field trials they've gone to before? Well what's unique about these sites Mike is that we have the opportunity to show our customers in the field a lot of our products. Uh, what's different about these in a lot of ways is they incorporate all crops. So they're localized to the local community and area. And we talk about the whole agronomic uh, system for the growers. So when they go in, uh, be it if they're in the state of Washington and they're looking at wheat, or if we're talking about uh, Virginia and they're looking at corn out in the Virginia area or wheat and those crops, uh, we have the opportunity to talk locally to those growers and provide them training. So how are they looking? What's really stood out this year? Well, of course, we face the same weather conditions as all our growers right. and customers, which is also a nice thing because uh, they can understand what's going on in their own farm as well as what we're showing them, and we can provide them solutions that they can take back and apply to their farm. So what's standing out to us right now is a lot of our new seed care products, a lot of our new genetics that are coming out from Golden Harvest and Northrop King. Um, we're also able to show them a lot of things from crop protection right now. We're coming out with a lot of new seed care products, a lot of new fungicides, uh, and a lot of our herbicides, like Acuron GT, we're talking about here today at the show. So we're really excited about the opportunity to visit with our customers. Yeah, a lot of new technology, a lot of new things happening for sure. Where can they get more information about this? They can talk to their local Syngenta representative or agronomist, but they can also go to our Syngenta website, and they have the opportunity to learn more about our sites and what's going on with our new products. Great. Good to see you, Jim. Thanks. Pleasure. Thank Appreciate you. it. All right. That's Jim Elliott with Syngenta. He is the sales support lead for Grow More Experience. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Robert White with the Renewable Fuels Association will join us. We'll talk about uh, the uh, ethanol promotion that's been going on here and some of the bigger issues as well. Stay with us. You're listening to AOA. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Don't go away. More Adams on Agriculture coming right up. 54. So, basically, it's too late to start saving for retirement, right? Not right. Starting to save, even in your 50s, can really make a difference. Well, right now, saving seems hard to wrap my head around. Plus, 
with the way this year has been going. <laughs> hey, listen, it's okay. You still got this. Just go to aceyourretirement.org. It's an online tool from AARP that can help you get your retirement savings on track no matter your age. It's free and only takes about three minutes. I like three minutes. Yeah. At aceyourretirement.org, you'll chat with Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach. Just answer a few questions and you'll get a personalized plan and tips to help boost your retirement savings. Tips that are easy to understand and tailored to your lifestyle. I like that too. Plus, it's sponsored by AARP, so you know they got your back. Just head to aceyourretirement.org and make your plan to start saving for retirement. Thanks. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. I'll take dig a little, learn a lot for 30 bushels. Soft and crumbly. Tom. How does healthy soil feel to the touch? Correct. Dig a little for 40 bushels. Sweet and earthy. Tom. What does healthy soil smell like? Yes, go again. Dig a little for 50 bushels. Dark, porous, and alive. Tom. What does healthy soil look like? You win. Understanding the basics and benefits of healthy soil can make your farm a winner, too, through lower input costs, better yields, and drought protection, which can lead to a healthier bottom line for your business. Contact your local Natural Resources Conservation Service office today to find out how you can unlock the secrets in your soil. This message brought to you by USDA's Natural Resources Conservation Service and this radio station. When you choose the Roundup Ready Extend crop system, you're putting proven yield advantage to work in your fields. Extend Flex soybeans offer elite genetics built on the proven performance of Roundup Ready to Extend soybeans. In fact, farmers saw a 4 bushel per acre advantage and a 70% average win rate over Enlist E3 soybeans in 2020 germplasm trials. The Roundup Ready Extend crop system, the system of choice. Always follow pesticide label directions, IRM, grain marketing, and all other stewardship practices. Channel Seedsmen don't just sell soybean seed. You can trust them to understand your fields and place Channel Soybean products to perform. With the Roundup Ready Extend crop system, including triple-stacked Channel Extend Flex soybeans, you can be confident you're getting the excellent weed control you want and high-yield potential you need to make the most of the season. Find a Seedsman in your area for recommendations for your fields. Check with your state pesticide regulatory agency for specific restrictions in your state. Always read and follow grain marketing and all their stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. For more than 135 years, the editors of Progressive Farmer have provided generations of farmers and ranchers with the information they need and trust to make informed and profitable decisions. We know you need that content delivered on multiple platforms, so it's available when you want it. That's why we created our weekly podcast called Field Posts. Join me, Sarah Mock, each week as I interview agriculture's top thought leaders, as well as farming's most diverse team of editors at the Progressive Farmer and DTN on a wide range of subject matter. From farm policy and crop production to finances, technology, and so much more, you'll have a front row seat to learn and engage in what's happening in agriculture today. You can find the podcast listed on all your favorite podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, or by visiting our website at dtnpf.com backslash field posts. Recently on Adams on Agriculture, Brian Jennings, CEO of the American Coalition for Ethanol, looks like EPA will propose lower RVO levels for this year and perhaps increase them next year. And the fact that 2021 is almost over and we're just now maybe getting these proposals for this year. Your thoughts on that? We're almost nine months into calendar year 2021. And we still don't know what the 2021 volume, renewable volume obligations are going to be. Of course, they should have been finalized by the previous administration by statute on November 30th of 2020. But, but here we are. Blending right now for ethanol looks like it's going to be running at a rate of about 14 billion gallons. I'd love to see EPA set it at 15 and make refiners retire some of those RIN credits that they have been hoarding or stockpiling. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You can rely on us for the latest farm and ranch news from around the world. 
Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know on AOA. Now, back to Mike Adams. Well, as we wrap up our coverage of the Farm Progress Show here in Decatur, Illinois, I've mentioned, and we were talking with Rich Gebert about this, it's been a pretty big promotion for biofuels here, too. That's good to see. And along those lines, Robert White is with us with the Renewable Fuels Association. You've had a, uh, you have an interesting display here that people have been talking about. Tell us about it. Well, we have never exhibited at the Farm Progress Show before, and with the virtual nature of Commodity Classic this year, we had some money in the budget for a trade show, so we came out to Farm Progress. We got lucky, we're right next to the media tent, so the governor was there, we're across from Illinois Corn and all the other ag groups. Uh, so we've had steady traffic of FFA kids, farmers, and elected officials, but we, we put our 1,200 horsepower E85 powered Jeep on one side and an E85 powered Polaris Ranger on the other side and a bunch of goodies behind that. So we've, we've had some good foot traffic. What you have shown, and you do it in a number of ways, Robert, is how flexible uh, biofuels are, how flexible ethanol is as a fuel, and you can use it in so many different vehicles and, uh, and equipment. Yeah, over the years we've, we've powered four-wheelers and lawnmowers and motorcycles, now Jeeps, UTVs, all on E85. Not everyone's going to do that, but the, the point is we can do this. And we'd love for the manufacturers to do more, but if they don't want to do it and the farmers do, we got a way to figure it out. Let's talk a little bit about the E15 labeling issue. That's still a challenge. Where does that stand right now? Well, we're still waiting for EPA's decision. There was an open comment period on some label, perhaps reductions or eliminations. That was from the Trump administration. Nothing final yet, but we're hoping we can reduce the warning status of E15. It's an approved fuel for over 95% of the motoring public so that the skull and crossbones type orange and black label doesn't need to be there. Uh, it's really safe for nearly any engine. So we're hoping that gets backed off. We hope there's some streamlining that comes out of that as well for underground storage tanks and getting approval at the retail fuel side. Uh, so again, we're a lot of wait and sees. You work a lot with retailers and you work with them about getting uh, more ethanol available, higher blends uh, available at their locations. What's their biggest concern or what's the biggest hurdle you have to overcome with them right now? Well, fuel retailers are always like to be first to be second. You know, they want someone else to mm -hmm. try it out. Well, the beauty of that is we got a, you know, 22, 2300 stations selling E15 and they're beating them on the marquee. It's a nickel, a dime, in some cases 15 or 20 cents cheaper, and that hurts. You know, they're, they're pulling customers away from those that haven't adopted those higher blends. And so I think there's going to be more and more peer pressure. We have what the tail end of the HBIT program from USDA. That's another $100 million in, in USDA money matched with another $100 million of private funds. So we got a lot, hundreds and hundreds of stations coming online for both fuels. With the uncertainty now about E15 sales next summer, has that caused some of them to say, well, I'm going to wait. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to put it in yet or not. Yeah, we've, we've had some big retailers that were planning to go whole hog and even replace E10. So they were going to put E15 regular, E15 mid-grade, and maybe an E10 premium. Uh, but, you know, now they don't know what the summer is going to bring. The great thing that perhaps the silver lining is all of that equipment can still dispense another fuel. So it's not like it's, it's lost assets. It, it could sell E20. It could sell E30. Uh, until through the summer months, or they could just cap it off and remove it. But we're hopeful, whether it's a regulatory, a legislative fix, administrative fix, that we got to get that done by next June, uh, given the volatility uh, season ending in less than two weeks. E15 is going to survive this summer for sure, and we're going to do everything in our, in our power to fix it by next summer. So EPA now wanting to maybe go back and look at some of the small refinery exemptions that they've granted in the past. What do you make of that? Well, <laughs> what we would wish is that they would vacate those SREs while they check them out. Uh, because if it just goes into the EPA black hole, it could be years before we know. And by that point, you know nothing ever comes out of it. If they vacated those SREs and we could actually see some some repercussions, some you know, some traffic with the RINs. We could see some uh, changes in the markets, but you know, right now that's that's not going to happen. 
So all the talk about electric vehicles, electric vehicles that this administration keeps pushing, um, what do retailers, fuel retailers, think about that? Well, you know, <laughs> I, the, I'll start with this. Every week I talk to ethanol plant producers, mm -hmm. and I say, I ask oh, every time, has your electric company called this week and asked you to curtail some, some power? Every time it's yes. Where's this power going to come from? Then you get down to the retail level, it's expensive, it's real estate, that someone needs for 45 minutes to get a full charge. They get you in and out of there for fuel in five, seven minutes. So it's expensive uh, infrastructure, it's expensive real estate. They're all gonna do it, they're gonna start trying it, uh, but they don't know what they're gonna do with that consumer for a half hour or 45 minutes. And do they charge them? Is someone else paying that charge? And then you go all the way back to the home. Uh, a friend of mine, was gifted through a grant program, uh, one of the new Mustang Mach-E's, so the electric vehicle. He doesn't have the fancy charging system at home. He's, it's not his car, he's not going to do it. If he plugs it into the wall, he gets three miles of range per hour. Really? So there's a lot of hurdles. They're gonna come, Mike, They're, but we have 253 million cars on the roads today that needed fuel. All, nearly everything at a local dealership needs liquid fuel. We're, we got a long time to go. We have seen over the years trying to build infrastructure for higher ethanol blends. How long that takes? It, you can't just do it overnight. No, it, 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 well, even with unlimited checkbooks, right? There's shortage of nearly everything on the planet right now. Underground storage tanks, if you ordered one today, 14, 15 months out. That's wow. for gasoline. Now flip over into some of the rare earth minerals we need, where they're coming from. It's, uh, it's a heavy lift, but we're gonna be there to support a low carbon future in the meantime. And that's the key, the low carbon future, right? Right, right. we don't need to wait on electric vehicles. Got it right now, <laughs> low carbon present, doesn't have to be future, it's right now, and uh, at a better price, uh, I mean, we say this all the time, it's right here, right now, and can help us get to whatever we're going with electric vehicles, whatever we make. Good to see you again. Thanks, Mike. Safe travels to you. Robert White with Renewable Fuels Association. We wrap it up for our coverage of the Farm Progress Show. Thanks to Syngenta for hosting us. Thank you for joining us on AOA. Hi, this is Mike Adams. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world. Choose the proven performance of the Roundup Ready Extend crop system, featuring high-yielding Extend Flex soybeans and the exceptional weed control of Extendamax herbicide with vapor grip technology. Elite genetics, triple herbicide tolerance, flexibility that delivers results, backed by 25 years of innovation. That's the Roundup Ready Extend crop system, the system of choice. Extendamax is a restricted-use pesticide. Always follow stewardship practices, all pesticide label directions, and check with your state pesticide regulatory agency for specific restrictions in your state. And Anyone could sell you soybean seed. Channel Seedsman placed products to perform. With Channel Extend Flex Soybeans and Channel Roundup Ready to Extend Soybeans, you'll get the excellent weed control you want and the high yield potential you need. Make the most of next season with the Roundup Ready Extend crop system and expert recommendations from Channel Seedsman. Ask a seedsman in your area for recommendations for your fields. Check with your state pesticide regulatory agency for specific restrictions in your state. Always read and follow grain marketing and all their stewardship practices and pesticide label directions.